Hey everybody, this is Teresa Alexis, and this is Baddies with Bibles, an impromptu podcast that stems from my ministry, Baddies and Bibles. Today, I'm going to be talking about true leadership. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because it's not really talked about a lot. Um, basically just for some, from someone's thoughts. Usually when I hear about leadership, it's from like a book somebody read or, you know, something somebody Googled or whatever, but I don't really get a chance. I don't, maybe I'll do, but I don't really get a chance to hear like people's deep thoughts when it comes to leadership. And I'm not saying this about to be a deep thoughts type session, But I do want to talk about leadership and what I feel like it looks like Um, because I feel like I was just (laughs) thrown into the leadership role um, from a young age. Um, And maybe a lot of you can resonate with this having to, you know, basically watch after your siblings and take care of them because your parents worked or your parents weren't in the home or whatever. Um, So you basically was the older sibling and I'm not the oldest. I'm actually the middle child. But me and my older sibling, uh, my oldest brother didn't live with us. And so me and my older sister, we were like tag teaming, taking care of the smaller two siblings. So that was a lot. I feel like that was like our first kind of introduction to like a leadership role because I don't know why people don't see parents as leaders, but that's like a leadership role. But, you know, even older siblings who are having to, you know, step in and help, especially if you're in a single parent situation, um, that's that's leadership. So for me, my parents were doing what parents did back then, working and whatever else they were doing. And so me and my older sister kind of looked after our younger two siblings but also our younger cousins that was close in age with them so that was probably like the first look we had and as far as um as far as uh leadership but also too um in school for me I was in Gerald TC so doing stuff within that realm um gave like leadership opportunities and I just want to say <laughs> had I known then what I know now about the military I probably wouldn't have been so immature and disrespectful but I was a kid <laughs> I was a kid and you know sometimes you got to learn things the hard way but that's that so with that I will just say those were like my first introductions to leadership. Obviously, too, if you've ever been in like the band or anything like that, you um, you're like a I forgot what it's called, like a line leader or something like that. But those are leadership roles, too. But as far as in this season of my life with baddies and Bibles and baddies with Bibles, um. Leadership looks a lot different than it did when I was growing up or in the military. Um, And leadership is one of those things that everybody has an opinion about. 
what makes a great leader, what makes a terrible leader. Everybody should know what makes a bad leader. Like, we should all know what that is. And I'm not going to dig deep into that. But I know in this season of my life, I can say that God has been pruning me and maturing me in areas that I really thought I was already mature in. I ain't gonna lie, I did. Um, But God said, no, you still got some growing to do. So, because, let me just say, back in the day, and my family, if they ever listen to this podcast, can vouch for this and probably be like, yep, that's my cutoff game. Super strong, okay? Super, super strong. So, but in this season as a leader, God is challenging me to love the people. I'm going to say it like this. God is challenging me to love the people in the hard places because everybody wants to be a leader until they have to do something difficult. Loving somebody that you know mean you know good. Know that's trying to ruin your reputation has an alt against you. Just all kind of stuff. But the thing about me is I'm a very genuine and loyal person and I am a person of integrity. And honestly, and I had this conversation with my pastor before, too. When God tells me to do something. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to do it in decency and in order. Um, But, you know, there's always going to be somebody mad or that disagree with your decision. That's for you. I told him, I said, whatever God tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care who agree with it. I don't. I love them, but I don't love them more than God. I care about them, but they ain't going to be the one to get me to heaven. They're not going to be the one asking me why I didn't obey and why I did what I did or didn't do something. They ain't going to be the one. And God ain't here for that whole, well, I ain't do it because so-and-so. Yeah, that ain't going to be it. That ain't going to be it at all. It ain't going to ever work. It ain't going to be something that God like, oh, okay, I get it. Now, that ain't how that work at all. So because of that, my stance is when God tell me to do something, I'm doing it. I don't care how hard it is. Because obviously, if God is prompting me to do something, that means he knows something that I don't. He sees something that I don't. I don't need to see it. I don't need to know it. I just need to trust him. And I need to stand on his word and I need to know his character. And I know all of that by spending time with him and, uh, you know, learning his word. But as a leader, I will say for me, this season has been one that I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see what you're doing. And I ain't gonna lie. I, if I I would be lying to y'all. If I said every time God said something, I was over here like, okay, God, let's do that. You're like, yes, I'm going to be obedient. But that don't mean I don't be like, oh, God, seriously. Really? You want me to keep inviting (laughs) this person, Jesus, when you know that this ain't it? Initial thoughts, yes. But I will tell you this. What's greater than your feelings is the blessing that come with you obeying God. And I have learned that personally. I'm like, God, okay, I don't really want to do this. 
I don't really want to do this. This ain't something I really want to do. But I ain't got not my will, but your will be done. And I ain't going to lie. For some people, that may be easy. Maybe like, you know what, God, your will, not mine. But for a lot of us who are very strong-willed, headstrong, whatever term you want to use right there, type A, controlling even, um, that may be a little more difficult where it's like, oh, God, really? It's like, and I said this on an earlier episode. Sometimes when stuff happens, my initial response is immature. Pettiness is immature. I don't care how y'all try to spin that. I don't care how funny it sounds. It really is just immature. When you're mature, you don't respond in pettiness. That's just real talk. So, but sometimes my initial response is immature. And I want to be petty. But guess what God do? He just going to spin the block. He ain't going to even leave the street, really. And he convict me. And I, I did. I told a friend. I was like, girl, I don't ever, ever get to show how great I am at being petty. Because the Lord convicts me. She thought that was the funniest thing. I'm like, I mean, it is funny. But, like, for real, though. And God loved me so much that he knows that I could possibly mess up the ministry of Jesus if I'm out here being petty like I want to be. I don't need that. I mean, real talk, it may make me feel better in the moment, but is it transforming people's life and bringing them to God? Probably not. Because sometimes it's petty. And sometimes it's just outright disrespectful. Let's be real. Let's be real. I don't know. Maybe y'all ain't from the hood like I am. But, you know, let's just be real. Pettiness make you feel good in the moment. But it does not have, let's see, it don't have good lasting effects. It really don't. You might get to say what you want to say. You may feel good in that moment about getting it off your chest. But uh, at the end of the day, no, it's just not good. So being a leader, a true leader, requires that you really die to self and know that your mission and your goal is greater than your personal feelings sometimes. Because you may not feel like leading all the time. You may not feel like doing what it is that God told you to do. Are you going to give up and quit? Are you? Like, real? really, do a self-examination and look at yourself and see. Because when you're a leader, there are going to be people depending on you. I cannot imagine had Jesus been like, no, God, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm going to be like, uh-uh, Lord, no. Dying on the cross? Oh, you got me messed up. Who about to die on the cross? For these people? Oh, uh-uh. They real jacked up just now. Go on and beam me up, Scotty, because I'm not about to be on no cross for these folk. I can't imagine Jesus saying any of that. So for me, I'm like, okay, well, because I mean, just so many people depending on God alone and Jesus going to the cross to die for us. Can you imagine none of that happening? Oh, my God. Anyway, but, uh. 
I can't imagine. There's a plethora of things that God has had me do in my life that has been hard, you know, or and I won't say hard. I, I like the word challenging better. And God has really walked with me and carried me through these things. Um, Y'all know I'm military. I've said that several times. But when it comes to carrying somebody else's pack, first of all, your pack is heavy in itself. So that's like a it's like carrying like two people on your back. Really, when you having to carry somebody else's load, but you don't want to see them get left behind. That's what God do for us. And he gives us the strength and the ability to be able to carry certain things, you know, but we can't take them with us. So as a leader, what you have to do is when people give things to you, you have to take it to God. You have to take it to God. Me as somebody who's a leader, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant. Ain't no way I'd be making it through life just by myself. Knowing what I know, talking to people, helping them. No, I have my pastors, both of them, because I need them. My pastor and my first lady, I have both of them because I need them. I really be struggling sometimes. And sometimes I just need to get out of my own head. And talking to both of them helped me do that. So I have my pastors. I have my own therapist. I got two therapists. So I have one for one thing, one for the other thing. So I have them. Then I have a coach myself, like a life coach, that do what I do. I'm not offended. I need that too. And then, you know, I had a business coach for a little while, and I'll probably get get one again. But, um, yeah, I need those things. I know I do. I, I, don't, I don't like this mentality that I see. Oh, I feel like I can handle it on my own. That is wild to me. And maybe that's just my opinion, but that's really wild to me because if we were made to be interdependent, I just don't see how you um, think you can fix yourself. Like, side note, yeah, let me tell you the story. So I met a guy in, in my hometown and I remember we were talking and he was telling me how he wanted to be closer to God and stuff like that. Now, I am somebody that pay attention to what people say and how people act. I pay close attention. A lot of people be thinking, I don't. I don't know where they get that from. I ain't never said that. But I pay attention. I am very watchful and observant. I feel like that's a gift that the Lord has given me, and I appreciate it because, yeah. So he was telling me about how he wanted to get closer to the Lord and how he had to cut some stuff out of his life. And so, um, and, and let me just preface this to say, I met this guy on Upward, the Christian dating app. And that we're going to talk about that in a different episode because that's a whole thing in itself. But anyway, so met him on there. So we were talking. Then we exchange numbers. Now, let me just preface this to say it, it don't matter what I'm on. If I ain't meet you in person, I'm not telling you my real name and I'm not giving you my real number ever like ever. I'm just never going to do it. Never going to do it. But anyway, so but it was a number, you know, that he can call me on. And as far as my name, I just gave him one of my nicknames. So it wasn't like it was a lie. So I didn't lie. y'all. I just didn't give him 
my full government name because you got to be privy to that. And I didn't give him my real phone number because same deal. So, yeah, I um talked to him and he was talking about stuff he had to cut out of his life. It all sounded good, but something always seemed very off to me. Now, I had seen this person and I, I hadn't met him in person, but we had FaceTime and stuff like that. So we had seen each other and stuff, you know, and talked and everything. And he seemed like a sweet guy, sweet, uh, genuine or whatever. The only caveat is he was like significantly, well, not significantly younger than me. He was younger than me. So I I was the age I am now, 35. He is 27, 28, whatever. Young, okay? So younger than me. Um... But again, don't y'all be over here on this episode wondering about (laughs) this because I said we're going to talk about this in a different episode. But anyway, so he was telling me about this. And so, you know, and I was like, oh, that sounds good. And so I remember I asked him once, I said, so have you ever thought about going to therapy? Because he was telling me about an addiction he had and I'm trying not to coach him you know, or be a counselor of any kind to him. Cause just no, this ain't that. So, but I, I was asking questions, trying to kind of see like where his headspace was. And when he told me at his tender little age of 27, he was like, Oh no, I don't do therapy or anything like that because I feel like I can handle it on my own. So my follow-up question was, uh, Okay, how long have you had this addiction and how long have you been struggling? Mr. I can do it on my own. So I'm trying to figure out like what? (laughs) So, you know, I'm just like, you know, I was just kind of like I wasn't trying to be judgy or anything like that. But I was like, well, if you've been struggling this whole time, like you're explaining to me, you have what what in this process make you think you don't need intervention of some kind like even if you don't go to a therapist like have you talked to a pastor do you go to a church like I'm trying to make it make sense it was a bunch of red flags for me not to mention when I came back to my hometown and he wanted to meet me in person this man (laughs) this man kept trying to get me to come to his apartment I was like I'm not coming over there I don't know you. You could be crazy. Like, uh-uh. I'm not. No. If we cannot meet in a public place, we ain't ever meeting. That was the end of that cutoff block. But, yeah, like, <laughs> I said all that to say, you have to be watchful and careful as a leader. Like, that was somebody I was talking to and getting to know and just, you know, I guess hearing his heart or whatever. But you know what that taught me? Number one, stay off the dating apps. That's for somebody, but it ain't for your girl right here. Um, Two, wait on the Lord in all things, and he will give you the best, better than you could choose. Now, sometimes, yes, I understand you can be on the app or whatever, but that ain't for your girl right here. I'm just, it's, it's enough for me. It's enough. Tried it, didn't like it, won't do it again. So, if that's you, and that's what you want to do, then great, but it ain't for your girl. So that's what I learned. And then three, to still keep myself watchful, and you know, just in this process as a leader too, 
you have to guard your heart. Let me listen. Let me say something about guarding your heart because people think it's building a fortress around your heart. In a sense, yes. But the type of guarding that the Bible is talking about is being watchful and observing and not just letting any old thing in there. This type of wall, I guess, it has a gate. The type of wall everybody else be building, it's full of ice and it has to be melted away. Or it's full of stone and it has to be chiseled away. That ain't what the Bible is talking about. The Bible not talking about keep yourself restricted so you don't feel nothing. Suppress all that. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible wants you. I mean, God wants you to feel everything that you feel as a leader, as a person, as a human. But be mindful of what you're doing. Be mindful of who it is you're giving your heart to. We just can't be out here doing any and everything and then wondering why we suffering. Like for me, there's, ooh, ooh, I can't wait for these episodes. But there are some areas in my life that I needed to get free from and delivered from. And a lot of it stemmed from things that happened to me that I really just didn't remember. But I will tell you what unlocked it is being in church. It's amazing what God will bring to your mind sitting there listening to the word of God or just being in a small group studying in your private time or whatever. Also therapy, you know, and if you ever been to deliverance service, you know that some stuff come up and it will shock you. But that's another episode that we ain't going to dig into that on this one because we talking about leadership. Yeah, but. I'm saying that because it's important and it's meaningful because as a leader, there are going to be times where you don't feel like leading. Like I said, there's going to be times where you just want to throw the whole, whole thing away. The ministry, yourself, everybody involved. You just want to throw the whole thing away. And if anybody say they ain't quite been there, I don't know. That, that, that's a little sketch-ish to me because I feel like we all get... To those points where we're tired. But one thing I have learned from my leaders here recently is you need to take the rest when you need it. Don't overexert yourself. Don't overdo it because you ain't trying to like we ain't none of us trying to die early. That's not something we just trying to do. We not just out here like, all right, Lord, tired of living. Gonna take me now. I ain't never said that. I'm not gonna ever say that. No, Lord. Live long life, healthy, fully capable of doing for myself. Yeah, that's that's more like what I say. So but being being a true leader requires not just grit, but it requires that you really, really die to self. And know that it is God's will and not yours because there's going to be some challenging people and some challenging things that you just have to deal with. Are you ready for the people that are going to make stuff up about you that's not even true? Like, are you still going to love on them? Are you still going to be sweet to them? Are you still going to be kind to them? You probably thinking, yeah, that ain't my ministry. That ain't my portion. But let me tell you something. If God tell you to do it, then you do it. 
Now, the person on the other end, they can choose to not accept it or accept it or whatever they choose. That ain't got nothing to do with you. What does have everything to do with you is doing what God told you to do. He told you to love on them, love on them. He told you to invite them, invite them. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I ain't saying you got to have them over your house or nothing like that. Unless God tell you to. Then if he tell you to. If you don't do it, that's on you. But you can't say I ain't come on here and confirm for you what he already told you. Because I know what God be telling me. And then it's it's interesting how. Because God, for me, God going to tell me something. Maybe once. Like he going to tell me and make sure I know it's him. He going to tell me something one time. But then, I mean. I don't mean one time. I mean, he's going to show up to me like he'll say it in my prayer or through my reading or devotion or studying. But then he's going to say it like three, four, maybe five times that same day. I'm like, OK, God, I know. Like, I don't know. Maybe you don't know, because sometimes Teresa, I don't be knowing. You be acting a little. You be acting like my special children. My special children be acting like they can't hear or see well. Like. Like, God, is that really you? I know I ain't the only one guilty of that. But anyway, so that's what God does to me. I don't know how he related to you. could be totally different. Maybe you listen the first time. But God knows sometimes I be giving side eye like, um, maybe that's me, God. That ain't you for real. He be like, good, now I'm going to make sure the closer you get to me, that you know it's me. Until you get this in your spirit to where you ain't questioning everything. Because, you know, maybe that's how God only talked to me. I don't know. Maybe y'all on the the other side. Y'all not not a part of the special <laughs> special group where he got to talk to you more than once. And make sure you know that he said what he said and he meant what he said. So, but all in all, I really, looking back on it, I really would not have placed myself... In this space that God put me in, I really would not have. And it's funny because young, old, middle-aged, all types of people are drawn are drawn to like the ministry and the work that I do. Um, <laughs> I remember one lady, she was maybe 60 years old. I was a lot younger then. I was probably... 30. I said a lot younger, but whatever. I was probably like 30 years old and I had a marriage ministry group that I was doing. And um, she was walking by. I was at an event. She was walking by and she was like, she was like, oh, I love that you're doing this. And she said, um, I can probably teach y'all a thing or two. And I said, I don't doubt that. But there's ladies in my group that's your age and been married as long as you have. So, and I said, I tell them things and they're like, I've never thought about it that way. So I said, so you probably can teach us some stuff, but you can also learn some stuff too. And she didn't feel like she could learn anything. But I was like, if as long as you living, you can always learn something. In my marriage, I made sure that I kept myself open to God and who he sent who could teach me something about being 
a better woman, a better mother, a better wife, you know. And um, even now that I'm not married, I still am open to those things. I don't go to any marriage anything because I'm not married. But I definitely go to like the singles things to learn how to be be a better woman and how to love God on my journey of singleness because it's been a minute since I was single. But let me tell you, I'm having the best time loving on myself, dating myself, taking myself out. So when somebody say something about marriage, do not put me over there. Please don't. And that don't mean I'm anti-marriage because I'm very not. I am all for marriage. I'm all for it. But right now, for me, that's not what I want. What I want is to enjoy my singleness, enjoy myself, and enjoy God during this time. And I don't know who said it, because we're going to talk about singleness in a different episode. I don't know who said you have more time when you're single, but these must not be people that got children, because I just really don't see that, like, at all, like, at all. They ain't got children. That's that's my story. I'm sticking to it because I don't have more time. I got less time because I got to play dual roles over here. Like, come on. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, all that to say leadership is what it is. And it's going to look different for everybody. But there are going to come times where it's, it's challenging. And you may want to give up. You may want to throw the whole ministry and people away but just remember God remember everything that Jesus did and sometimes you just got to encourage yourself like Lord this the ghetto but I am I am dedicated to giving my heart to this and seeing your glory unfold throughout this entire thing that I'm doing and I want to say Leadership is not contingent on a title. You can never have a title. Like, you can never have a title and be a leader. Like I said, you never know who's watching. You never know who's following in your footsteps, even if you don't have children yet. But when I say title, excuse me, yawning. When I say title, I mean like, Pastor, minister, elder, evangelist, prophet, that kind of title is is what I mean. But being a parent is a leader. It is. Being a spouse is a leader. Husband or wife, you're a leader of some sort. You leading some. Even on your job. If you feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole, nobody's truly at the bottom. I think that's my opinion. Because somebody's always leading someone. And maybe that's like the military in me for that. But I truly believe that like for real, for real. So with that, I want y'all to be thinking about leadership and how you perceive it and what it means to you. But also ask yourself this question. Me as a leader, am I truly ready to do what's difficult or do what's challenging? Am I really ready to lead people who may turn their backs on me? 
I mean, just think about David. Those those people were wild, okay? <laughs> David was wild too. But just think about it. Am I truly ready to love on people who I know have an alt against me by something they made up that I didn't even do? Like, just got some kind of idea in their mind that the enemy placed there and, you know, they just running with it. Are are you really ready to do that kind of stuff? And I ask myself this all the time. So it's not like I'm just asking y'all this for me too. So with that, I want y'all to dwell on that and think about that. And honestly, meditate on it. You will be surprised what God reveals to you about your own leadership and what and what he can do for you when you um when you are studying just even studying on leadership so with that i bid you farewell and i hope this was helpful to you